You're listening to the Blender Institute podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Is your New Year's excitement about to explode? Penetrate your fireworks into the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org. Joining us today is Dalai Felinto. Hola. Paul Dreyer Gelichor. And Igor Antjek. Hello. Francesco Sede. Hey. And I'm Hjalti Halmason. Here's your host, Francesco! <laughs> so loud and clear. Wow. Welcome back. Welcome to 2017. So that's how 2017 sounds like. So, well, welcome. It's, uh, we are all here reunited for episode 45 of the Blender Institute podcast. And uh, we have a couple of uh, news in uh, the format of the podcast. We want to try and change things up a little bit uh, just uh, to refresh the format. And, you know, it's the new year. So we have all New Year's resolution. We want to uh, be better and to change and everything, you know, everything, everything. So why are we naked? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was, I was waiting to, you know, you came mention here like that. this this morning, so you have to tell us. <laughs> I don't have to explain myself to you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, uh, beyond these things, uh, um, we are going to talk uh, uh, mostly about uh, what has been happening in the past uh, in the past few weeks, because uh, nowadays uh, the podcast is not really uh, a weekly thing anymore. So lots of things happen between one podcast and another and uh, what uh, we are going to do in the whole year. So we plan it uh, today. So then we are set Uh-oh. for the rest of the year. Whoa. Yeah. So that's, um, you know, it was just a trick to get you guys here to commit yourself to a full planning for <laughs> what you're going to do. Yes. And, uh, well, let's, um, let's get, uh, let's get started. So just a couple of uh, quick things that have been happening that are worth mentioning regarding Blender itself. It's that on the uh, Blender website, Ton wrote uh, as a, uh, you know, end of the year traditional list of the top uh, 30 developers that are, uh, involved in the Blender projects and what they've been doing. So if you want to know uh, really a bit more the people behind uh, the software projects and uh, the projects that have been happening kind of summed up, you can go on Blender.org website and you can find them. And we are honored to have one of them uh, here with us. Woo! Our special guest. Mr. Number 35. No. <laughs> <laughs> so just with, miss the cup. It's, it's ordered by the number of commits, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, it's uh, basically on number of commits, not including merges, merges I believe. Because otherwise it would be like number. Mm-hmm. No, one, no. But it's cool <laughs> because Campbell is being away from Blender, from the core of Blender development since, I don't know, it's just like forever. Yeah. So the rest of you have a chance. And he's still number one. That's the thing. <laughs> he's still Damn it. No chance. <laughs> it's a strong legacy. <laughs> but um, of course, number, number of commits is a loose metric. When yeah. it comes to code development, but it's nice to see more and more people involved. And I'm I'm pretty sure Tom made it the top thirty because we're getting more and more of a wide you know range of developers actively you know following the Blender development that might as well contemplate it and all. So good news. Yeah, totally. And uh, indeed, uh, as you were saying, like the number of commits, of course, is uh, relative. But that, that that's why I like very much the article is because it also explains a bit what the uh, what the developers have been working on. So you really get a picture of there's still so much going on with the, with the development of Blender. So it's very cool. Check it out. 
And uh, of course, we're in January. So I was asking already before we started the podcast, you know, if everyone is doing the scal- sculpt, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the sculpt January. And uh, Hjalti was like... Uh, skull January? <laughs> What's a skull? Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, what I see sometimes, you know, when I open Twitter and I see people publishing nice, uh, nice sculpts and being committed to their uh, New Year's resolution. Being, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, you know, let's try to do something, one little thing every day. Well, one thing I will note, uh, it's not as catchy as Inktober, you know, it's Sculpt January. That's kind of a <laughs> in the middle there. January. That's, that's, you see, yeah. that's just an excuse, man. Oh, you should okay. be sculpting. Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shut up and go sculpt. <laughs> I was watching I this movie over the weekend and they, instead of having an October fast, they have a June beer fast. Of course. Feels like, of course, feels like Jen yeah. sculpting yeah. all over again. June beer fest. All right. And was I'll drink beer. With, uh, any, any excuse to start drinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as early as possible, it's fine. It's a nice, uh, it's a cute, nice, uh, nice movie with the Wonder Woman and the Don Draper from, well, the actors that played then. I never know their names. Mm-hmm. So. John Hamm and I don't know the Wonder Woman. Oh, she's woman. so gorgeous. But anyway. She sounds great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So what have you guys been doing in this, uh, you know, few, uh, few weeks? That's three weeks now. This yeah. is the third week since we officially started working again, right? Over the New Year's week. This is the third week of the year nah, already, right? I refuse to believe. Really? No, nah. no, no, no. This my, a, I think it's the second one. Yeah, because, well... One person who has been here since the beginning is Yelti. Right? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what yeah, you, you pointed you pointed at him. I don't Yelty know. Yelti was working here from the you told you we were working yeah, from. Yeah, I came at twenty eighth or something yeah. back. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's pick it up from Yelti. Ah damn it. <laughs> it was a it was a trap. I was here since the beginning. Well tell us all uh, about it. So been just um updating the edits, um uh going over planning. Uh, talking to the composer, meetings with the sound designer, uh, meetings with Colin, and uh, and yeah, starting animating more stuff and giving uh, feedback notes to Nathan, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've seen you've been publishing them on the cloud as well. So yeah, I think that's so sometimes really nice. I've been doing it in a video form. It's not even always. And like even like my biggest feedback session was actually not in a video video format. And now that I see that people really like the video format thing, I kind of regret not recording that one uh but yeah it's uh that's pretty much it i don't know how to explain it yeah i know it's a lot of work yeah so but there's mostly still you know you're in the struggle of balancing everything that you just mentioned with actually animating shots well you know yeah (laughs) trying to uh wear too many hats and all that stuff uh yeah, so yeah. so one big hat is the animation one, though. So, yeah. but uh, what have you been doing? Because you've been uh, working on some uh, uh, very important character-defining shots. Uh, yes, one in particular, just to and, and, and that has a lot of challenges, and we've seen yeah. we've seen it being developed in the past week. So, what can you can you it's say a, about it's that? It's a very long shot. Um, it may be just slightly longer than it should be. Uh, when we saw it again with fresh eyes, Colin and I, we both felt like hmm, it's getting kind of long. Uh, but in order to make it shorter, we would have to cut a beat. And there's no particular beat that we want to cut. So I guess it's all very important. Uh, 
Are you talking end? about zero three two C? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. the one. <laughs> really long. I knew. Probably the longest <laughs> shot of the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, at the end of it, it has the first speaking. Um, no, yeah, first moment that we animate him speaking. Essentially, not the first in the the short film. Yeah. And uh, it it is very character defining because now we've done the voice recordings and we can uh, start putting it together with the animation. And uh, yeah, it it seems to match, but um, because it's kind of the first pass of this particular voice put together with with this particular character, we need we may not need to uh, revisit it a little bit later, and maybe uh, you know you do your you do your pass of that shot, but then you know you put it to rest because you know that you have to keep going. And then at some point, you're probably going to revisit it and, and see some things that you didn't see earlier. It's like they say usually with animation, like at the end, like right at the end, when you animate the last shot, that's when you realize, oh, that's how the characters are. You know, <laughs> that's great. Well, now I can, oh no, okay, it's over. All right, that's a wrap, everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's why we make the film 30 seconds so then you have the illusion that you're done and then, oh actually no look there are more shots to be done exactly. surprise so that's uh, the way yep hey what about you Francesco yeah let's do clockwise what clock that you mean let's confuse people at home <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well it's um, I wasn't really you know I was so focused on asking other people what they were doing that I really didn't think for myself but uh, how does it feel yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> you made a graph. You made a graph? Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah I made a graph. Really, yeah. really nice graph. An amazing say. graph. Wow. Yeah. Can you tell us something about this graph? Uh, yes. So since I've been uh, back, one of the things I've been working on is uh, uh, trying to get our render pipeline into shape. So we are getting some shots uh, out of the animation department and uh, they get into the lighting department. And then they have to get into the rendering department. <laughs> <laughs> so many departments. Wow. And uh, basically, yeah, that, you know, these shots are ready to go and we need to start rendering them final to see how long it takes and the resolution and the, the, the motion blur and... Uh, Especially the motion blur. Yeah, all the effects and, and stuff. So there are a few things that need to be done in order for us to do this in an efficient way. Every, every project we iterate over our concept of uh, what a render farm is and how we render things and how we actually, you know, get a shot into the render farm and things like that. So we started working on it. And while working on it, uh, Andy made, uh, um, prepared a shot that, uh, you know, contains uh, two characters uh, and uh, enabled motion blur. He actually did it. Uh, that's a very big uh, change since uh, what happened in uh, previous films, uh, such as Caminandes uh, uh, or Cosmos Laundromat. Yeah. And uh, it was a new experience. I pressed that button and it felt like bliss. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we had a little, we, we are in the middle of uh, some uh, investigation right now because uh, apparently the performance of the motion blur itself uh, uh, it seems to be uh, very hard to predict depending on the shot and depending on the frame within the same shot. Yeah. So um, while Sergey was still away because he was having also some uh, holiday break, I uh, went and looked into this uh, into these files and tried to make some graphs and try to visualize a little bit how these render times work for mm. the shots. So you so you got uh, you got the frames and um, then you put you got the stats from the render farm as well. Yeah, but. 
they were not tile based. They, they were just pure, purely based on the uh, the render time estimation and the render time of that actual frame. Yeah, actually, it was more like the, the first thing I did was fairly simple. So there were the, there was uh, this shot rendered on a couple of configurations in a render farm. So I basically took the render time of each frame and drew a graph to show how you know along the timeline of the of the uh, shot the render times were distributed and it uh, appeared to be quite uh, different. And then to make it a little bit nice, I thought of overlaying the graph on top of the uh, animation itself with a, um, with a bar that would progress like the animation itself would. So at any time while viewing the animation, you would actually be able to see the uh, render time of that, uh, of that frame in the two different configurations at the same time. So we will publish this uh, uh, in the future once we have gathered all our knowledge about how uh, this rendering pipeline works. But because we also want to know how to potentially fix it and not only say, hey, there's this big problem. Exactly. Which we kind of knew because, I mean, we know that once we enable motion blur, it's uh, going to be really unpredictable as to how long something renders because the more something is blurred, the longer it takes to render. Exactly. Step, step so one, yeah. identify the problem. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah. Step two, profit? No. <laughs> step, step two, two is despair. Uh, wait ah, for yeah. Sergey. Yeah, uh, step right. three, wait for <laughs> Sergey. And then uh, step four, we will find out. But uh, that was, uh, it was fun to do because, you know, it's something visual. And uh, and so uh, everybody here in the studio was looking at it. And uh, it was amazing. It was being, <laughs> so amazing. So How cool. about the heat map you were going to do? Yeah. And then uh, next to that, we, we noticed that there were some, uh, in this sequence, some frames were taking really long time several dozen hours uh, to do a frame, which is not really uh, our aimed render time. So uh, I... Uh, Can we give numbers? Like a hundred hours for a frame, something yeah. like that. So that's... Normal render time without motion blur, two hours. Yeah. So that's uh, indeed something that needs to be looked what's at. Our, what's our budget? What's our goal? What's our render budget? Our limit is 24 hours or 20 hours per frame. Yeah. But the average in a shot or per, per frame? frame yeah, per frame, per frame. Okay. So, so if so one is... Half an hour, half an hour. The other one could be two hours, or okay. yeah, or could be two, well, twenty-four and a half. And a half yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> anyway, so the next step that I thought would be interesting to find out in that specific frame was okay. Let's uh, run a render here and see how the uh, render time for that frame is. Because sometimes it happens that when you're rendering those uh, frames that take a very long time, it's because you're rendering on a multi-threaded system and you're rendering, of course, with tiles. And then you have one tile that uh, takes longer than the others in average to render. And until that one tile is done, the whole machine has to wait. And this can take, uh, well, uh, in, in, during, Cosmos, uh, during Cosmos, we had this problem in a few shots and it would slow down the render times of a few hours just because there was one tile getting stuck. So we tried to find out if this was the case by writing a little script that would analyze the render time progress for the different threads for the different tiles and then try to combine that into a heat map that you could overlay on top of the, um, on top of the frame itself. But already by looking at the graph of these uh, render times, you would see that it was not about that. Really. Yeah. So at the moment, I mean, yeah, we start. I started an experiment, but they really didn't finish it. TM. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> start, but not finish. And um, but uh, I think that brought back a little bit of the, the the discussion that there was in uh, in the Blender uh, in the Blender developer channels about uh, improved or more visual stats for artists in the Cycles render engine. And uh, it was something that was started by Thomas Dingle during his uh, Google Summer of Code, but then. Uh, 
the, the scope was not very, very clear. So things didn't um, move yeah. any further. And maybe if there is time, it would be a good uh, it's moment so, to pick it up. so helpful to know how long something is taking, what is slowing down your scene. Because I mean, most of that, you have to totally rely on your uh, experience with past projects to know, okay, yeah, this glossy shader acts... Uh, uh, slows down the scene a lot in this certain circumstance or transparent hair when motion blurred over the X couple of frames is going to slow down the run time by 100. Yeah, it's all this uh, knowledge that yeah. it takes so much to build up and then you still don't know what is going on. And like, and then you render it on, you know, and you know this also works exactly on this, like this on your computer, then you try to put it on another machine with different number of threads, different configuration, and maybe things are going to work differently. You don't, you don't know why. So being able to visualize that is very important. So that's, uh, yeah, that's something we will look into. And then uh, just to wrap up the things that I've been doing is, of course, I've been uh, helping out Sebran uh, uh, with uh, our cloud and uh, with uh, the Flamenco project, which is uh, the render manager itself. And uh, I think next uh, time we have a podcast, there will be more news and he will hopefully be around to talk about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that we need to render means that we need to get our render infrastructure back to work. So that's what we are doing. And uh, finally, uh, some more work on the cloud itself. I've been working together with uh, Dylan Gu, uh, who is a YouTube video creator. He's an animator. He does uh, awesome stuff. You can uh, check out his work online. And uh, he's been uh, producing a tutorial series for the Blender Cloud uh, about uh, Toon character creation. And we started this already at the end of the last year. So we did this publication over the, the holidays. So it's a little bit uh, winter themed with a, mm. a little snowman that is called Archibald. <laughs> it's very cute. <laughs> and uh, then he has a hammer and he goes around killing robots, but that's another story. <laughs> and uh, we, we published this uh, series online. And uh, uh, a couple of days ago, we published the last installment, which is about uh, the cartoon animation style he, he has and how he, how he does it. And he also has a breakdown of how he animated that GIF that he published online about Archibald going and fighting. And uh, it, it has been really fun and I'm really happy that this project is uh, out there because in the cloud, it seems to be very appreciated. So I've been working on that. And then finally on the publication of some uh, on new HDRI pack from Sam Shad from uh, Urix Graphics. And uh, he is the uh, creator of the Blended Skies uh, project, which was this website uh, uh, that uh, some time ago was offering uh, this package of uh, super high quality HDRI pictures. And uh, he decided to... Uh, change his uh, activity and uh, he is providing us with uh, the HDRIs that were previously available there. And uh, they are, as always, CC0. They are now online on the cloud. and uh, 35 of them? 35 of them, yeah. yeah. And they are really cool. Really different setups, different lighting conditions, different environments. And uh, you can just get them in, into Blender using the Blender Cloud add-on and uh, make your renders look PBR. Hashtag. Hashtag. Mm. Film <laughs> I used this panoramas in the past. Yeah. Back in 2012. Uh, I did a Blender conference presentation about the whole IBL toolkit. And he actually nicely, he just, you know, uh, gave us access to their database, to their website. And I 
They're really high quality uh, panoramas with HDR. Yeah, yeah, so we're talking really about nice 10, uh, 15, 18K images and uh, many stops and uh, really, really good quality. So um, we are always uh, thankful for these uh, contributions because they are they're great. They help the, the, the cloud become this big repository of uh, material that is not CC BY, it's CC0. So it's really the equivalent of royalty free almost. So once you are subscribed and you get access to it, then you can just get the pictures and do whatever you want, which for many people working like on commercial project is actually what they really need. And uh, so, yeah, you can go online and check it out. And, uh, you know, that's most of the visible and interesting stuff that I think I've been doing. And uh, that brings me to Andy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about interesting stuff because you've been doing a lot of interesting stuff, like all the renders and the renders that yeah. I look at, that I go like, why do they take long? Somebody is actually setting them up. Who is it, Andy? Oh. So I'm the reason they're taking that long. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've, um, I think uh, before the Christmas break, I started uh, already setting up, setting up a few shots, um, mostly... Um, Mostly uh, the shots that Nathan uh, finished animating in the fight sequence, with uh, Boris pinning down the agent with a hair uh, with a hair clipper. That's the term. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we call it razors. Electric shaver. Elec yeah. It's not. A, it's a hair clipper because it. Uh, tech, no. Anyway, <laughs> well, so, well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's uh, sequence twelve. I have all these numbers in my head because. Um, mm. Yesterday I started uh, taking care Nerd. of. Nerd, uh, I mean, <laughs> shut up, Jock. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday I started uh, started putting in all the statuses of shots into Attract, which is our awesome shot management software, so we know what the heck is going on. Um, yeah, and I have all these numbers of those shots in my head, so I can't for my life get them off. But I know that. As soon as this project is over, it's going to take three or so, three, three or four months until I have those numbers out of my head. Years. And then sometimes there is still going to be the one shot, like usually the first one or the last one that you worked on. 43F, remember that one, Francesco? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so some of them, they just stay with you forever. That's Tears of Steel, right? Yeah, that's the Tears of Steel shot Francesco is animating. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, lots of render setups. Um uh, it's mainly just trying to uh, get the get the shot, the master shot lighting that we established over uh, the beginning uh, of the short, and uh, as putting it into the individual shots, and then uh, sort of applying it to, to the shot and doing some minor modifications. So you can accentuate certain elements. You, you can bring a character more to the foreground, or uh, add more tension by. In intensifying the, the light on the razor and that kind of stuff. It's very uh, shot-specific lighting, but it's uh, taking inspiration from the, uh, the the master light setup that we figured out uh, during, uh, I don't know, was four or five weeks ago now? Yeah, something like that. Um, now we have about 16 shots more or less set up to, to be rendered. They're not final, of course, uh, we saw that Colin put up this uh, great cre critique session uh, on the cloud yesterday. Uh, so I'm definitely going to go back into those shots and do some uh, uh, adjustments. And uh, yeah, and then it's just going 
going through everything that will be animated in the next couple of weeks, making sure that there is a lighting file for all these animation files and making sure that the the, uh, the light setup is there and then chipping away at it. Yeah, we are starting to get into that beautiful production situation where once you spend a few weeks or months figuring out how things are supposed to look like and what is it, then you actually start doing it. And uh, it's yeah. a lot of work, of course, but at least it's a bit more. Uh, it's the it's the less glamorous part because you've already figured out sort of how everything looks like. It's just making sure that everything reads and uh, adjusting, like only tackling the minor problems. Yeah, and there are of course like so many practical problems, you know. So that's uh, also yeah. in a way it's interesting to see. Yeah. So after the project, stay tuned for a book coming out uh, entitled "What It Wasn't." <laughs> It'll be a thicker book than uh, what it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is it? Is this currently, I think the, the first page, which is the, the preface is already gone again. So we, we, I think at some point we thought we knew what it was and yeah. then now we are not that, that shifting sure. a bit. Yeah. yeah. No. So maybe that wasn't it. Yeah. <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> at some point we would know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. And then I've been making, um, uh, lots of the small variations of models that we need uh, for the entire uh, for the entire short. Uh, the damaged version of the hairdryer, the damaged version of the watch, trying to figure out uh, what ca- uh, kind of uh, uh, bruises the char- characters will get and then making a plan for how to add those changes to the character meshes. Will it be a driver? Will it be an extra texture map? Or does it have to be a displacement map? all those sorts of things. And then I've uh, made a list of all the shots that need effects work currently, which range from cloth simulation to sparks to glass shattering, um, smoke, fire. um, Wind, water. Wind, water. (laughs) A tornado made out of little hair particles. I don't know. Lots of, lots of little things. So, um, yeah, it's it's. I'm I, I'm trying to make a list of all these things that we could potentially overlook, and then just addressing them right now, so we know what the hell is going on. Yeah, it's yeah. always uh, taking part in these small productions with very ambitious goals, and then yeah, you risk of making sure that yeah, in the one shot everything works fine, and you think you start basing your workload on that and then in the other shots there is a different level yeah. different different challenges so it's good to keep an overview and sometimes when you get really deep into the production work then yeah you can forget about it for a little bit yeah then you go back to reality and uh, you've been 3d printing andy don't hide it you've oh been- right yeah <laughs> what did i do i don't know I've been printing yeah. something for, for uh, uh, i helped uh, Hjartan printing something which turned out amazing yeah that's true. That was online. There were some pictures. So that was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But anything. No, your just the small your, stuff. Your sound table is really cool. Yeah. The thing. The oh, the, the, the thing. Yeah. The thing. That yeah. doesn't almost count. Nah, as this nothing no. serious. Okay. But that something for Hjartan, was that the, the little <laughs> uh, the little dragon statue thing? No. Oh, the, that's what I was thinking. No. He has uh, one of the lion statues. Yeah. Hello, Kjartan. Hello, He's not here. Yes. No, he's uh, not. Uh, <laughs> I not here. For no. once, there's nobody here in the studio. No. No. So, uh, uh, one of those uh, uh, lion statues that's next to Woman Shu on her throne. 
Yeah. And then I printed one of his one of his uh, skulls for him. Yeah. And then he printed uh, for his fiancée this uh, little, well, gigantic, actually <laughs> just gigantic figurine. Cool. Yeah, based on our original uh, concept design that yeah. she made. So it must be very cool. Yeah. yeah, that was a nightmare to get off the bed because I had this huge uh, circular well, which was around, I don't know, eight, eight centimeters in diameter. And I had to get it off the bed. And uh, I was using ColorFab. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I was no. I was using ColorFab uh, engine for for printing it, and that stuff is great, has awesome heating properties, but it does not get off the bed really well. So, yeah, was well, so uh, it was a <clears throat> it was a big surface, right? It was but, a big surface attached to a big surface, and yeah. uh, that that material is designed to stick to a big surface really well, so you don't have it coming off the print bed while you're printing, which is amazing. But um, <laughs> once once it cools down, uh, you want it to be, be to to go off the the print surface, and that's where um, uh, I found out it sticks really well still. So yeah. I might try and do some ex- experiments with uh, using glue stick as a printing layer, uh, that kind of stuff. Maybe that helps. Maybe that was also the same material that uh, uh, the lie was using for printing his. Uh, his little cubes. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah it was yes. the same material. I remember we, we were there and we were like, so is it really supposed to stick so much? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Those un- little tiny cubes are nothing. <laughs> okay, I was nothing thinking, compared imagine. to a big surface like the well. <laughs> it, no, it was my first time and I wasn't assisted. I was thinking I was going to break the whole so thing apart. Yeah, so you're totally freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Did you use the spatula? Like were you scooping it under? Uh, it was a mix of techniques. Yeah. <laughs> I I really put my thumb there and I think if you I didn't let it cool cool down that much. Maybe that's one of the problems. Yeah, you have to well, I think the cooling down just helps because then you're you're not risking to warp your model when you're putting something off. But yeah, that stuff is really hard to get off the print bed. Yeah. So yeah, we found out. <laughs> and Steve with the So more experiments will follow. Hopefully, good at some point <laughs> if I have time for it. You have been printing the bunny as well. Yeah, I I print bunnies all the time. Ton is always trying asking a new me material to... though. No, that wasn't the new material. Um, you're talking about the red stuff. Yes, I'm talking about the red stuff. Yeah, we had uh, when we first uh, when we first got a 3D printer, we had uh, this Lulzbot A0101 from Ale of Objects, which is. A printer that they made in 2000, uh, I'm totally wrong right now, but 2006, uh, 11, 2011. And they gave it to us with this huge array of, uh, of filament spools. So it was like two, three, eight, eight kilogram spools of ABS plastic, which is the stuff that Lego bricks are made out of. And uh, it smells a bit when you're printing, it smells actually really, really strongly. That's why it's not really recommended and it's a bit toxic. So um, that's why we do it. That's yeah, we, we had it lying around. So I was uh, going back to the big gigantic five kilogram spool of red ABS that is still lying around there. I can't imagine for a life, like why don't people want to print red poisonous stuff? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, like there, Andy so. walks yeah. in the studio, guys, there's like some beautiful red you know, to do like low poly cool designs and everybody's like looking at the computer and me like, oh no, I can't, I can't like, I don't know. I would love to print low poly cool red 3D stuff. Ain't nobody have time for that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so it's true. And uh, anyway, the stuff is still there. It's in the printer. If you guys want to print a cube. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Wasn't it switched to the gray stuff? I saw Ton doing some crazy stuff. Now mm. it's gray, except it's not red. Did he? Yeah, I think so. That's no, why I think he it's still had this red. disfigured uh, bunny coming out of there. <laughs> no, no, I think no <laughs> oh. ton. So, so here's the the. I was trying to print in ABS again, which uh, gave great results with this printer, the Lulzbot Mini that we have. And uh, I am still not quite so sure about uh, printing with Engine because it's. Uh, I have to adjust some of the settings. It's 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 great, but uh, there are some. Some minor, not really that beautiful things on the on the surface with it that I want to eradicate. So I was wondering how does the bunny that I've been printing the day before um, fare with ABS? And that's why I just decided to put the red thing there and uh, print the bunny overnight. Um, but the model itself turned out really ugly a bit. In certain areas it was good, but in other areas it was uh, split. The, mm. the layers weren't... Uh, weren't sticking to each other really that well. So I think what happened is that the the, the legs of the bunny uh, melted off at some point and then uh, it, it, it melted to the bed because I think the, uh, the, the red ABS that we have has a different heating uh, uh, point. A melting point to the black ABS and the, the white ABS that we have because that one was, uh, was using a bed temperature of 110 degrees and that was fine. But uh, this time, the 110 degrees overnight kind of melted the, the, the legs a bit. Yeah. And uh, then the whole model sunk down, which made some of the layers in the belly not stick yeah. to e uh, each other really well, which in result to that, if you if you know ABS, it kind of warps when it's cooling down. So it was warping up. Uh, so the bunny was... Well, and it, it had had some had some layers. Not really. We need a picture at this point, so this will be the cover of the podcast. I don't know. I think <laughs> Ton threw the bunny away already oh, oh, because no. he was we trying. Monster. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to fix it. He was trying to fill the holes and uh, with the. Of course, he was. Yeah, he was I can't save him. And then that that's why he was uh, he was also spraying it with uh, with gray. Oh, uh, that's with what gray it was. filler on top of everything. Mm. That's why it looked gray. Okay, that's why it smelled like nail polishing yesterday. When you, when you know Ton, he's not really that patient, so he kind of made it really, really even more ugly. Yeah, <laughs> he made it worse, didn't he? Oh, <laughs> oh come on! So uh, the bunny's like, "Kill me, please, <laughs> no more." Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, poor JC. Yeah. Oh. So these are the adventures of the 3D printing. So yeah. keep us posted if you print more. Absolutely. Because that's always fun to hear. So, well, I, you guys did so much. <laughs> Seriously. What, what have you been doing? What have you been up to? Oh, uh, the henchman. Yeah. That's uh, in development still. Uh, it's really interesting. How many iterations I made, like little tweaks and closer. Okay, so um, I made the shader for the henchman, uh, which is a very easy to adjust. Mm. Um, so if we create different henchmen, uh, different faces and different pr proportions, we can make them more unique. So uh, yeah, I, that's like a very big node tree that I've been trying to get a hold of. It's pretty complicated, but... Uh, and I've been working on a sculpt as well, but I'm not doing sculpt January. I'm, I'm creating Tommy from the Gurning uh, Championship. I don't know if anyone knows that. God, he's so awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
So it's like a, a Gurning Championship is basically... Gurning? Gurning. Gurning. It's a okay. Scottish sport. Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. So they they need to make the weirdest faces. Like It's was, whoever is the ugliest. Yeah, the ugliest what? person wins. Yeah. Wow, that's the best oh, wow. sculpt. So yeah, you can do. So can't go wrong. Oh, <laughs> but you could always just make yourself slightly uglier, right? It's just, that's the, that's the art of gurning yeah. to yeah. look like to distort your face and look really. No, like you could have plastic surgery and yeah, oh, but, but that's yeah. what oh, what yeah, I think yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's <laughs> like that's like doping in sports. Yes. Oh yeah, exactly. True. What oh, if you just fell yeah. from a tree? And, <laughs> you know, hit your face on the way down. I think you have to be a natural. Uh, yeah, you, okay. Anyway, keep, yeah, keep, okay, keep going. Keep so going. the interesting thing about his face is that it's super asymmetrical when he does it. So yeah. it makes it very ugly. A lot of wrinkles, a lot of like yes, his weird nose and his mouth like like a duck, you know, mm-hmm. going forward. But uh, yeah, and this is my last month here. So exactly. the ship is almost over. So how do you, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's uh, talk about it because uh, I mean, you are here until next week. Is that right? Like we were talking about it. Keep the, it. Yeah, the 27th, I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. So overall, I mean, how has it been? Yeah, it's been great. Like I just love the atmosphere. It feels like more like a group of friends making something they really love. I really like that. And uh, I've learned a lot of technical, but also, you know, communication stuff. And yeah, it's really, I need to evaluate on this. Yeah. Really reflect on what what I learned. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. It was so great. Uh Yeah. Good. Uh, Good. So are you looking for a job now? Or are you going back to school? How's that? Well, um, the fans want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, for the Blender 2.8 viewport, uh, as you know, Unreal and Unity made these short films like uh, Demon Waking Up World, uh, like the Atom demo. And perhaps I can create something with uh, some classmates of mine. Something for Blender. The add-in mm. was uh, was Unity, not Unreal, right? Yeah, it was Unity. Okay. That's correct. So basically, you plan to go back at school and trying to pick up a Blender project there until you graduate, right? Something mm. like that. Well, or? that's that's like the third year. Okay. And then I'm fourth year student, so then I create my own film. Okay. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Tom is really excited about the project, but it still needs to be approved by my teachers. Mm-hmm. So, so that's very. Uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah. Oh, so you're going to still be using Blender and uh, it's a, it needs to be all Blender but I so. had the Blender message so now you go back to school and go like where where did you go like are there many other people like many other students that actually use Blender that uh, no one so you're like, going like, to be the different one you're going to be the outcast yeah I'm, <laughs> I, I am the outcast like everyone is criticizing me for using Blender really yeah. okay but I don't Good. care show them show them yes <laughs> And it's not, that's something cool about the project. Might have, might have maybe didn't notice, but they're planning to use the 2.8 in development version of Blender. So the whole move will be done with the viewport rendering. Yeah. And that's uh that's a crazy, that's so bold because God knows they have nothing. They don't have a cube rendering now properly. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's, uh, that's really nice. Really yeah. brave. Yeah. I make it work. Um, you will make it work, the yeah, lie. The lie. What mm. if you be <laughs> oh, exactly? Why doesn't it work already? It's a weird team, and no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Is it my time already? It is your time. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, 
I should have, you know, should keep notes what I've, what I've done. But basically we're, you know, keeping up the, the, the good work, fighting up the good fight. <laughs> <laughs> Generic uh, statement. <laughs> the team, I think the team uh, did children well. are our future. And, uh, <laughs> stay in school, stay in yeah, school. Education, don't yeah. invest in education. Um, basically, I've been very relieved on, on the, I haven't had a lot of duties on a TD, cult, cult. Because I am team's happy, team, the whole team is happy. They're doing fine. So I've, I've been allocating some of my time to the blender, the, the back tracker. It's a big monster right now. We have 150 or so open bugs. <gasps> need fixing. Need uh, need testing. That's people really need to remember and be reminded from time to time that every single one can go there and just help the developers because we're so underpowered, understaffed. And so we've been putting a little bit of time on that. This week I was happy to actually go back to some scripting because Bull needed, he had this very particular pipe, uh, I would say pipeline, where he used vertex color painting to blend between textures or actually to blend the UV scenes in a model. Because you go you UV wrap and you get an image and it seems they're never perfect. So he wanted a way to... So what he usually does, he goes and paint all the vertices in white and use this as a mask. But Blender has no way to set vertex color uh, for selected vertices because vertex painting is face-based. So we did a small, it's really quick, yeah. um, less than one hour script just to take it's your sweet. edit mode selected vertices and apply a given color white most of the time and it's yeah. uh it's what are you using already yeah i'm using it it's sweet yeah, thank you it's good yeah. so it's being it's nice to go back at that uh, i've been taking the role of management for the viewport project a bit more seriously meaning because uh, as i told last week we now have clement on board we still have uh, mike irving in his continuous work of the open gel refactor and it's uh you know i needed more ways to make sure we are all uh, doing well and making progress so I'm, I'm betting now in more metric systems. So try to measure how many, how much more work we have left. So it's really cool. We gathering some data, some, for instance, for the OpenGL task force. We are replacing all the old OpenGL calls with the new Blender API, whatever. But basically what I'm doing, I'm counting. Now once a week, go over the whole code and count how many instances of uh, uh, certain words we have in the code. And then I, you know, keep track of this so I can draw a graphic and see how well they're doing. Because at some point you want to eradicate all these words. So it's only the new API. So it's, it's quite nice to actually see it. We had a feeling that things were not uh, evolving, progressing so much in December because of holidays, because they're relying on a lot of volunteers and they're just, I don't know, get sidetracked. But it's nice to see this in numbers. And I'm really now pushing this a bit further and using this brand new project from Francisco City. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? Oh, it's a... Uh, is, <laughs> isn't he supposed to do something else? Well, but there He going. also has too many hats right now. Yeah. yeah. And his days are so long. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, why don't we talk about this brand new Graphista project, Francesco? Yeah, well, just very briefly, we've been... Uh, you know, I was we were talking with Dalai about the... Uh, concept that for project management and in general for a company or when you are working on a product, having um, measurable results 
it really helps you a lot with the taking decisions and seeing how you are developing and what you are doing. So taking this uh, measurement-based uh, and uh, stats-based approach, it's uh, very, very useful for, uh, for when you are working on something. And so some one year ago or more, we, in the Blender Cloud, for example, we used to have a stats section that would show, for example, how many assets we had on the cloud and uh, how many people were there. And we always wanted to be a bit more open about how many subscribers we have and how the flow of subscriber goes, if it goes up, if it goes down. And as a matter of fact, we have that number on the front page of the cloud when you're not logged in, but it's not really, well, it's part of the presentation, but it's not so prominent. And we really, really would like to have a way to, uh, I really wanted to have a way to show that in, in a series of charts. And there are products out there that are built by lots of smart people that do pretty much that, but uh, we have to make our own, uh, you know, everything. Uh, free open source, uh, everything of everything. So it doesn't really take much to slam together a couple of, uh, a couple of frameworks to, to get this tool. So we made a prototype, it's called Graphista and it makes graphics and graphs and charts and uh, it will hopefully be online in, uh, I don't know, maybe next week for the cloud itself. And then I saw it and it was like, oh, that's interesting because maybe you could use it, he could use it as well. So then uh, that's where the whole conversation started and it's started developing it a little bit more together. And uh, I think it's an interesting project. Yeah, very simple, very simple scope, but yeah. yeah but really powerful. And I'm actually, I'm now automatically doing a Chrome tab, which means every, every once in a while, my computer, which is always on, go run this script and populate the database. So every Wednesday and Friday, if I go to my small web server, I see the new graph updated. And uh, the other one is every day. So I have two different things I'm measuring. It's kind of it's kind of nice. I think it's neat for management. Yeah. And I remember you mentioned that at Google, there's no, you can't say it again because it's <laughs> so much nicer. What are you measuring? Uh, again, I'm measuring, there are two things. I'm measuring the OpenGL task force. Oh, right, yeah. It's the one I explained. Yeah. And measure is something else which is which is on my own branch. I'm just replacing, you know how objects in Blender belong to a scene? Yeah. Now in Blender. They're now with the new Blender, they're gonna belong to a scene layer, to a oh, render yeah. layer. Yeah. So I'm basically need to do this swap, but this we have literally five hundred instances of this old scene objects code structure. And then you to update to the new system. So I wanted a way to motivate to, to keep track of this and to be able to report mm -hmm. what we're doing. So I'm again counting the number of instances of this scene object code uh, in the in, in my branch. And oh. this one I run every single day at one o'clock in the morning. I think. Cool. So this whole uh, graph thing sparked with this, uh, or you got more interested in graphs when you were doing the render graphs, Francesco. Yes, that uh, tool set will also be used yeah. for that. So nice. that yeah. was a, it was an excuse to get started on that research because there are right. lots yeah. of uh, frameworks and tools for doing that because it's not that you want to do everything from scratch, of course, and there is so many things out there and you really want to try one way or another just to get a feel of what is the right tool for you because there are a lot of, so difficult, you know, there is so many tools that are great. They're all great. It's not that there is one that is better than the other. They're all great and you really have to find out what works for you. I mean, with, with 3D, if you want to do open source 3D, you have nothing to do. You just go get Blender and you're done. If you want to do a 3D, if you want to do a chart, well, go online and start Googling and find out what you can do. And uh, that's uh, it's a challenge. Yeah. yeah, and I think for us, make it, make it, uh, keep it short. The idea is that if you're doing, uh, you know, a new, 
big task, big uh, goal for Blender development, you should be able to communicate as well. And this is a kind of uh, thing I'm always in, in the look for. Because now, nowadays you use the wiki and mailing lists. And the wiki is not, it's good to keep some progress, but to keep track of what people are doing, but it's not the greatest thing. So I'm trying to see if we can go to a more uh, online, real-time metric system. That's that's pretty much it. Uh, and that's, I think, that's, I'm doing this, I'm doing coding, I'm, do, uh, I'm doing, yeah, that's, uh, I think I said enough. Alai, so are you worried at all, uh, just like a, like a genuine scientist, that by uh, stating what you're measuring, you're actually accidentally ruining your results? So, for example, now the all the other developers they're like, "Oh, that's what he's measuring." Jeez, I'll just put some extra of this. <laughs> that. No, but that's interesting because one of the the things we're measuring is the progress of the OpenGL task force. It was going well, so the graphic was going down, and we want to get to zero. So we had uh, 2,500 2, instances of keywords, and we want this to go to zero. So two thousand and a half and, and five hundred, and it was going down, and at some point it went up. Mm -hmm. So what the heck? <laughs> and it's because this happens in the 2.8 branch and we keep merging master in 2.8 mm -hmm. from time to time. Yeah. And we finally got particles back into master. So there was a lot of code with OpenGL <laughs> re related calls in master, we believe. So now the graphic went up. You're Oops. so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you seem confused, Andy. I, I seem to have heard the word particles. Yeah, the particle. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Out of all the words. Yeah. I, I thought particles are completely gone, but they're not. They're I back. Think they're they're back. back with they're a vengeance. Back. Yes, they're back in, in full swing. <laughs> yeah, actually, Lucas put them back, right? Yeah, then he it's made uh, the commit to bring them back. Wow. The authority Lucas, to Lucas, take. Lucas Turner. Yeah, and to give. Hi, Lucas. Hey, Lucas. Hey, Lucas. Hey, I'm just a bit... Uh, <laughs> Surprised. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. That's why my graph went up. Say, shit. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. We actually, speaking of development, there's been a lot of work in master to the point that we now might say safely that we're going to have a 2.79. I think I haven't... I have skipped a few of the Sunday meetings. But really, it's a... Particles are back. We have a lot of effort, a lot of development on the Clove modifier by Luca Road. Right, yeah. And I can't see we not having a 2.79. So yeah, stay, stay. Which I'm sure some is, might not be so thrilled about because uh, doing a release is always lots of work, but uh, indeed uh, that uh, needs to, to be placed somewhere because 2.8 is way too big to wait for all these new features to be added there. And that uh, goes from... From cloud sim to filmic to is filmic in master already? Not that I know. Because reading that the, no. the render street supports the filmic already. Yeah, they have a build I think with the reader uh, adapters. They supported spherical stereo way before it was a master as well. But it was cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah, mm. <laughs> good. Okay, well, uh, I don't know. I think... Uh, Do you have any questions or anything like that? Or? There are a couple of questions, but uh, the questions are really, really quick. They are from Caetano about... Our, in, they were from our last uh, from our last podcast, which, by the way, was the 19th of December. So it was like a few centuries ago. And uh, they are very practical questions. Uh, and uh, one of them is like, which uh, Linux distribution you use and why? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, Sergey! <laughs> <laughs> because Sergey likes it. 
Yeah, exactly. So, but I think uh, I think we answered this question before. Yeah, we we must have answered in a couple of yeah podcasts ago. But uh, you know, the the short answer to it is that uh, use uh, that Debian based distribution and. Uh, uh, people configure it in the way they feel most comfortable with. Uh, and most uh, of the time, we use XFCE as a user interface, and I think Pablo is using uh, GNOME three. Exactly. Uh, I'm, us- I'm using here. GNOME. <laughs> yeah. Using yeah, but that's also Debian based. Yeah, right. yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> I I have an older version of Ubuntu, uh, Zubuntu, which is version eleven. Now they're 14 or so, so I'm super outdated, but it works, so I'm not gonna. But that's the anything. thing, we're using a Debian, which is not just stable yet. It's the thing, Jassy, Jassy, and something. So it's sometimes it's hard to get a package. Yeah. But living on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then uh, there is another question, which is about uh, what do we use for virtual control? And I can answer that uh, we use SVN. Sven. 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 And. Uh, that's pretty much it because we have our server here in the studio and uh, it's configured somehow also uh, in, in certain conditions to allow external access as well. But uh, we mostly use it here internally because that's where we work and it gives us very fast performance over the network. And uh, we've been using it for all the projects since the beginning of time. It scales very well for our uh, for our products, for our projects, because it you know our repos are never more than a few dozen gigabytes anyway. So that's what we use. And uh, that being said, before we wrap it up, one of the, the, the topics for this uh, podcast was what, what are you going to do in 2017? Ah, damn it. Oh, we're forgot. almost, uh, but uh, we're uh, almost uh, at the uh, end. Exactly. So. <laughs> do we You've been listening to Yeah, I know, I know. Like, it's been, actually, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, should we talk about it? Because it was so cool. Like there is so one much resolution to, each, right? to hear about. Yeah, yeah. So, so much to hear about what people have been doing. <laughs> Um, but I want to know, like, what, you know, like, uh, we, we are working on this agent project is going to still go for a few more months. And, uh, you know, besides that, which is what we are doing here, what do you see for yourself or what do you want to do? Like, do you want to learn how to climb or <laughs> to sculpt? <laughs> I've done climbing. I've done climbing. I know. You see? So yeah. things like that, like, I think that's even more, that's even more fun. Okay. I've done climbing as well. Yeah. Yes. Wow. It's really fun. It is. 15 uh, years ago. But yes. 15, 15 years. years. Yeah. So Francesco. No, 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 no. I was looking at Yalti. Okay. On, so, I, I, I first of all, yeah. on a very, on a less of a personal level, on a very broad level, the way we've kind of moved over this arbitrary threshold that's called 2017, it really... <laughs> Like my, the, the image that I get into my mind is definitely one of, you know, the Olympic relays where like you have these runners in teams and then they have to like relay this little stick. Yeah. And the 2016 guy, like it's like a burned chalk, like that <laughs> thing is just so ruined. And it's the moment where he's relaying it to 2017 and the guy's like, what the hell did you do, man? What did you do? Where's David Bowie? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like the world feels a bit bleak, uh, but we are crossing a new threshold, I guess. So uh, we're trying to make something a little bit better out of it. (laughs) Uh, Very excited about the agent. Um, I'm kind of just focusing so much on that right now that I'm not thinking about anything else really. Yeah. which is good. I mean, you know, we need to be focusing on that and just getting it done as good as possible, yeah. you know, trying yeah. to keep the quality up. Only the best. Only the best. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that is apparently the uh, 
the phrase that Tan has now attached to me. Yeah. Uh, it's so much so that he printed it out on a piece of paper and uh, pasted it on uh, your back. Oh my! Yeah. No. <laughs> the wall behind me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what about you, Dalai? Well, I just spoke. Why don't Francesco give us some good? Okay, I can say it. Um, first, I forgot to say that I've been 3D printing as well. You can check on my website. You can download the helmet for the stormtrooper in the resource crate. No, we can't. No, just don't touch the table because then the microphones will go like boom. Both touching don't do on that, me. please. And um, so it's really exciting, and which brings me to the the topic at hand, which is for 2017. I want to get more into 3D printing. I find it's such an exciting topic. I always yes. wanted to work mm. with that. There's so much to learn from the masters here. <laughs> so He's pointing at Andy. What? <laughs> <laughs> He's the master. He's the one. What? So I want to do experiments. I don't know. I want to have fun. Go back at... I mean, I'm doing so much coding lately. It's so fun to... When I was doing this Stormtrooper helmet, you know, stay overnight... Just modeling the basic. It's 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 really cool. Really and this is for an awesome board game that you're currently very enthusiastic about, right? Yeah, this board game called Star Wars Destiny. Oh, very really cool. nice from Fantasy Fly Games. You can send me some <laughs> <laughs> swags. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool. Shameless plug. Yes. Just go to just go to my website. It's really. Nice. I would love to see someone printing it the same models and we can compare notes. Yeah. And I think that's it. On this year, I'm pretending to do more unit testing. So I'm, I'm just learning more robust techniques. I'm, I'm going to change my ID. I want to learn PyCharm. And that's, uh, I don't know, it sounds boring, but uh, I think it's going to be a really exciting year of personal growth in the professional level. That's, uh, that's for me. How about awesome. you, Andy? So we do on a star way. No, whoa, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, you first. Okay. <laughs> Counterclock. Oh. That was no. That's clockwise. Oh, so uh, <laughs> the key word for this year is definitely balance. I always like to outperform myself after work, so uh, I go home and draw shit tons of drawings and better, you know, relax sometimes, watch some series, or and I also started uh, last week meditating. Uh, which is, you know, it's kind of boring, but, uh, it has a, <laughs> well, you know, you could spend stuff yeah, doing other things, but, um, it has some really interesting uh, benefits. So, uh, any particular kind of meditation like Zazen? No, you're not like humming or anything. You're just, you know, thinking about nothing. If something pops up, you just throw it away and yeah. focusing on nothing. Apparently basically. it is. Oh, that's I mean, what I do all day long here. Healthy to do, uh, <laughs> Like even if it's only for like five or ten minutes, it's uh, yeah, I'm, very calming. I, I, I'm starting at ten, and yesterday I did fifteen, and uh, yeah, you know I've been doing Tai Chi for nine years, so uh, I, I've been doing meditation as well. So don't go crazy. Yeah, wow, don't, pick it up. don't go full hermit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> living in a mountain somewhere, humming by yourself. <laughs> the, key, yeah. the key word was balance. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. Yeah, cool. Andy, what about you? Um, balance is a good word because, uh, yeah, I have, I think it's now been two, I've now here, the, I'm, I'm, blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. I'm here for this uh, second year and uh, the first two were kind of uh, very intense. It was, it was a lot of work. And I, I also want to see if I can balance myself a bit more between my hobbies because 
when I started here uh, doing this Blender thing full fledged after uh, after I don't know eight years of fun and uh, games at the university mm-hmm. studying. Uh, I yeah I found myself just too much in, immersed in work, and I want to keep that up. Of course, uh, I want I want to keep learning and keep improving, uh, especially. Uh, um, also after work, because I feel like I'm not there at all yet where I want to be in terms of uh, artistic ability and sculpting, drawing, uh, texturing, all the stuff that I've, I have to do day to day. I feel like sometimes I could know like twice as much and it still wouldn't be enough. Stop sleeping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you. I feel like amphetamine. The, it's great. <laughs> I think that's kind of the goal. Yeah, to stop sleeping. But no, I I want to do um, more hobbies that I uh, I've used to do uh, when I when I started here, which is uh, my main big thing next to uh, 3D graphics is uh, music and electronic music live performance. I want to uh, play in clubs again, yeah, like play music in cool. clubs again because that's I I used to do that, and it's so much fun just to do something completely different from from graphics so uh yeah that's uh that's my goal for this year to yeah do more adventurous musical stuff things so uh yeah. just one little question about that i'm because i'm really curious so w- when you do it or when you did it uh did you have a projector projecting some like graphics that you made uh, on a loop or something like I I actually got into this whole electronic music thing w- with uh, doing visuals because yeah I was a visual guy during Blender stuff uh, and graphics so I started actually uh, making visuals for other artists and DJs and that kind of stuff yeah and uh, I did that for three years I even had an analog video mixer to uh, blend camera graphics and, uh, and and did all sort of tracking things I programmed and processing, which is this uh, Java-based uh, um, language for making graphical stuffies on the screen. And uh, I kind of grew to hate visuals, yeah. really, <laughs> because most of the time, I mean, there's great visuals and there's, I, I love live acts that just, blend the visual aspect and the sound aspect perfectly but so much of the time it's just it's just filler and it's just there and people don't really tend to tend to look at it or think about it a lot and most of the time you're completely wrong of course because there's this guy behind the scenes who's been like collecting video clips for two years and he is totally like immersed in the screen thing that he's doing right now while the DJ is on the stage or whatever, but nobody really tends to care Care. about that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it depends also on the scene. Uh, Like if it's more of, dance heavy music yeah then yeah, people kind of absolutely. get carried away in the dancing of course which and they should um, yeah there's there's just a lot of stereotypical stuff going on you know stuff moving to rhythm and uh, yeah. uh and and flashes and uh 3d uh tracking and all sorts of buzzwords um i'm not really interested in that kind of stuff it's yeah. cool it's a cool technology but i have like there's there's very little applications so far that really convince me and uh, see that as like as a legitimate piece of uh, storytelling which yeah. I think it should be so maybe that's also something that I want to come back to this year as well which is kind of the fusion of 3d graphics music maybe 3d printing wow I don't know 
something something yeah, yeah. francesco <laughs> what about you i think uh, i was thinking so hard so <laughs> you had so much time I had, I had time so i came up with this <laughs> two things board gaming and nerfing Yes, one, one of us. Oh, one of us. Oh, great. <laughs> and cats. And cats. Oh, oh it's amazing. I didn't even like. Yeah, yeah. You were inside my mind. <laughs> Two things. One of them is I want to see the agent done, and I want to see it uh, start as a as a real uh, feature film project. Or if it's not going to be the agent, I mean, we just. You know, I want this uh, this work that we're doing here in the studio to to go to the next level, really, because what we have now is great. But of course, it's like we are working so hard to to move forward, and I, I really want to see it happen this year. So I'm gonna do everything I can to make that happen, whatever it takes. And then another thing is maybe sharing. So I would like to uh, to be able to you know do the little things that you guys have been talking about. Uh, it can be music, it can be uh, software, it can be um, any, anything that you, uh, that you do and, uh, put it out there a bit more. because I never share anything online of what I do. So I wish, uh, uh I hope I'm going to be able to do that a bit more and see, and see how it goes. Um, or at more least selfies. Or That's at least, what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. More duck face. Yes. In, in general, you know, just be more committed to, I think, finishing stuff. Did I hear whatever it takes? It's <laughs> a long time ago. Sorry. <laughs> And practice my timing. <laughs> <laughs> Remember three minutes ago, you said. <laughs> wow. All right. So that's, uh, that's pretty much it. And um, if you have uh, any more questions about our brilliant plans uh, for the future or the work that we are doing here at the studio, or if you have any other question about the agent production or Blender or nerfing or board games or meditation or 3D printing and music and uh, everything else, uh, leave us a comment and uh, see you next time at the upcoming 46th Blender Institute podcast. So thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank bye you. Bye. 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 You've been listening to the Blender Institute podcast brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Is your appended monkey head extruding? Scale down your resolution on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org.